Welcome to Regarding Transatlantic, a podcast brought to you by 1014 in New York City. In this podcast series, we want to learn more about the connections between America and Europe today. We will hear the personal experiences of people from both sides of the Atlantic. How has this relationship changed and what does that mean for our common future in a globalized world? This episode is created in partnership with DWIH New York, the German Center for Research and Innovation. Today, I want to hear from young researchers and academics from Europe who have lived and worked in the US. I talked to Paula from Cologne in Germany, a professor of computer science who did research in Berkeley. Christophe is from France and he now lives in Massachusetts to teach college students. I also met Aline, a medical doctor who grew up in Dresden, Germany, and now does research at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. Finally, I talked to Jan, a microbiologist who went to Detroit for his postdoc and then decided to make the U.S. his home. My name is Paula Herber. I'm a professor and I'm the head of the Embedded Systems Group in the Computer Science Department of the University of Münster. Hi, my name is Christophe and I am originally from France. I'm an assistant professor of German at a liberal arts college. I teach German language from the beginner level to the advanced level and I also teach literature seminars. My name is Aline Gottlieb. I'm a medical doctor from Germany. And since March 2019, I'm a postdoctoral research fellow now at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore, Maryland. My name is Jan. I'm an assistant professor um, of microbiology and I live in Illinois now. At the beginning of our conversations, I wanted to know how they got to live in the US and how their transatlantic adventure started. I lived in downtown Berkeley, very close to the BART station, just 100 or 200 meters to the institute. And a former DID scholar passed his apartment on to me, so I kind of got the whole package. So I started teaching German at the Lycée Français de New York because I'm a certified German teacher from France. And then I enrolled in a PhD program at an American university. And I now hold a PhD. Now for this day here, I received a scholarship from the German Research Foundation that allowed me to do research here at Hopkins for two years right now. I decided to do my postdoc at the University of Michigan. And I also wanted to work with my postdoc advisor, who actually also is a German. And so I joined that lab in 2014, did my postdoc there for five years. Living and working in the U.S. must have brought many new insights, either professionally or personally. I was wondering if our scientists were willing to share one of those. I mean, the people just know they come from everywhere and they live together and that the country thrives because of this international exchange. And this is something we do not have on this scale in Germany. I realized that we might be not as open-minded <laughs> and international as I thought before, and that maybe a little bit more liberalism towards international exchange would be great for Germany as well. One of the things that I found very helpful in my everyday life in developing another sense of identity is the discourse on race. And, you know, I always knew I was non-white, but upon coming to the U.S. that I became aware, actually, uh, of the fact that I was a person of color uh, and fully aware of my blackness. I learned a lot and I wish I had had that discourse, that racial discourse at hand, what I experienced racial discrimination in France or in Germany or in Austria. I think, you know, concepts like macroaggression were actually for me extremely, extremely helpful. This idea of bias, prejudice, 
the idea of institutional racism. I think these are really, really helpful tools to shape a different uh, sense of identity. The Americans, they enter a room, say, here I am, I'm great, and what I've done is awesome. Well, the Germans tend to be just a little bit more, not strict, but just a little bit more serious with it. I met quite a bit of American professors. They start their talk at a big meeting with a joke, where I think like a German person wouldn't do that because the German person thinks I need to be representative right now, I need to be serious, whereas Americans are just more comfortable with it. Just different way of how they're going to approach it. I was very surprised about the high expectations that American students have. It's almost like a service to them. The topic mentoring, which I think is very important for students, is something that I did not really experience in Germany. And that is something that I've seen to be very prevalent in the U.S. Then I asked them how this research stay across the Atlantic has helped them to make progress in their career as academics and researchers for me very interesting also a specific processor architecture which until today increases the speed of your computer as well significantly <laughs> and the guy who worked on this in the 70s already is still there in Berkeley his name is David Patterson and I had the pleasure to meet him quite often because uh, I was in the architecture group and I was in, invited to the weekly lunch meetings and he was there very often and we also went to skiing at uh, Lake Tahoe with the whole group so <laughs> and he was there as well uh, and He's a great guy and he's brilliant. I use his book for my bachelor course on computer architecture. Because I was exposed to actually German studies in America, uh, to a different emphasis on theory, on thin studies, post-colonial study, gender studies, queer theory, uh, I became a much more well-rounded uh, Germanist than before. So I'm actually grateful to have actually studied German in France, in Germany and Austria, and also in the US. I would actually say people kind of expected me to be rather well-trained and, and, you know, just kind of said, okay, you're from Germany, so that means, you know, we had proper training, you know what you're doing. So I actually sent my now personal investigator here an email, said, hey, I'm looking for a project for two years, what do you think? And her response was, my email couldn't have come in any better moment. She sent me like an full page of things I could do. And within like seven days, I was at Hopkins for the first time for two days, visiting her, visiting the lab. That was the first contact. And I thought it was pretty cool. The University of Michigan is a huge university. They do great research. They have a lot of seminars, invite people. So yeah, I met a lot of important people in my field just through going to seminars and then going to dinner with those people. So it really helped me to establish my network here in the US. I also wanted to know how their German or European experience compares to the American way of doing things and if they have drawn some lessons from that on a personal level or maybe even more generally. In America, you have these lighthouse universities and these very strong departments and institutes which concentrate a lot of money into attracting brilliant researchers and giving them all they need to do their research as good as they can. Um, and this makes them maybe shine a little bit more. <laughs> but in Europe, we have a more 
commonly spread system, it's a little bit easier to get a long-term funding in Europe than it is in America. And this sometimes then supports another kind of research, which might not shine as much, but which is more elaborate with respect to what they are experimenting with. What I really, really appreciate in this culture is, is you know, the, the kind of spirit of do it yourself. I'm always in awe. I'm coming from a country that sometimes you really feel the weight of history. And when you want to implement change, it's long, it's difficult. And people keep telling you, no, you can't do this. It's impossible. I don't think there are that many differences. I'm not trying to generalize here, but I would say that German research is also considered to be uh, very, very honest. So if something is published, it usually it's, you know, it holds up and it's been very well researched and done. I think a lot of times it's mostly me that I'm saying, you know, I'm German, I'm just punctual and I want to have everything like staggered and very well organized. I'm trying to do this a little bit with a smiling face. Um, maybe not giving people a chance to actually say something. I do hear very regularly that I'm considered very direct and that this is for some people at least um, uncomfortable. I have to admit that the Midwestern people are particularly polite. I think once you go to the East Coast, it's a little bit different, but the Midwestern people are very polite. And this is something that I struggled from the very beginning with, and I still do until today. Finally, I wanted to know what transatlantic relations mean to them and how they see the future of this cooperation. Transatlantic relationship, to me, means to be associated with brilliant researchers, with the history of computer science, which I really appreciate and great ideas have come for America. And for me, it's like being in touch with this history and also to work with the people there. It means that I can work with the best people that are actually around in my field of work, and that's great. The transatlantic relationship means a lot to me. I'm always navigating the triangle between three cultures. I'm this French guy who teaches German uh, at American college. I feel like the connections are very, very, very alive, which gives me a lot of hope. And of course, we have students who major in German and they all want to go to Germany. Actually, I'm not, I'm not that worried about the future uh, of the relationships between the US and Europe. So the transatlantic relationship to me is very important on both levels. First of all, I, I'm really benefiting from the opportunity to, to be able to go abroad and to research in a different country. This would definitely help me with my career in Germany. Um, but also on a personal level, you know, my husband is US-American, so there will always be now this German-US relationship that we argue about, or not argue about, but just kind of exchange about. And, and yeah, so it's just always present. The transatlantic relationship to me means to be able to live the two lives that I do. I really appreciate being a German even more since I'm the, in the US, but I also live the American life. So I would be really excited to learn about Americans and what they think about their lives in, in, in Germany. After our conversations, I understood much better how international the world of academia and research really is and how important this exchange is to the benefit of science and ultimately to all of us. This episode of Regarding Transatlantic is brought to you by 1014 in partnership with DWIH, the German Center for Research and Innovation in New York City.
We invite people from all different backgrounds and from both sides of the Atlantic to address global topics of mutual interest. My name is Thomas Tragut, and if you like this podcast, sign up on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.